0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Everybody, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, your destination for Saints' stupidity and sincerity. Andrew, Wednesday, we're brought to you by SeatGeek. It's made free because of our friends there. Uh, go to SeatGeek, download their app. Uh, they have the best app. They scour the whole secondary ticket market for the best prices. Their app, it's a, it's a green light. It means it's a good deal. If it's a yellow light, it means it's an a okay deal. If it's a red light, don't do it. Use the code ACAA today. and you get $20 off your first purchase. That can be a beer. That can be a hat. That can be a, a pennant for your kid. Uh, go to their, the SeatGeek app. Seat Geek app, use the code ACAA to get $20 off now. SeatGeek, life's an event, we have the ticket. All right, Andrew, we're going to continue our list of top ten most valuable slash best players on the Saints 2019 roster. So we're up to number five. And number five on my list is, oh, please, it is Rubri's. Wow. Yeah, I put him that low, and I think it's it's the opposite of what we talked about yesterday where Demario Davis, we didn't know how to rate him because we hadn't seen good linebacker play in so long. I think I might be having breathed a little too low in a sense of we're so used to the good quarterbacking play, we don't appreciate all the little nuances of how great he is, and when he's gone, we'll realize it. But I put him here just because I feel like with Bridgewater – decreases his va- it decreases his value on the right roster significantly and that it's not a end of the world apocalypse scenario if he had to miss three weeks whereas before teddy bridgewater it was always like man if breeze has to miss a month the saints are fucked and yeah. they're not completely fucked anymore um but i i
0: will be honest and say it
1: well, it's, not even, little... it's
0: not even just Bridgewater. It's a combination of Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, right? Yeah. 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 No, I, I hear you. Um, and I think that's a strong argument for him. I think our top five is the same. We just It's in a different order, but we have the same five players. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, my my guy's Lattimore. Um, you know, I think he's the fifth best player on the roster right now. And I maybe would have had him higher last year. I thought he just dressed a little bit last, this past year, but – I think he showed in the playoff game uh, just how good he can be. The main thing I'm looking at a lot more, and why, I would move him up this list if I felt like he did this. The main thing I'm looking at, at him is I want to see him start to own kind of the off-season and, and the fitness and the nutrition. You know, like that, yeah. that's, I think, what makes a difference. When you see Michael Thomas doing hand yoga and you see – Alvin Kamara doing balance on a, on a ball, you know, for core stability while catching these color coded things, you know, in real time, like it, just like, those are the things you see. And it's, I'm not saying that Lattimore is not doing those things, but I just think, you know, you talk about how he, he hasn't really been great at practice and he says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not much of a practice guy. Like I, I get it done on the field. That's when it matters. Like, yeah. I just sense that, like, and and when I look at the guys I have in my top four, I think talent-wise he's as good, if not better, than some of the other guys I have in the top four. But one thing that you can unquestionably say about the guys I have in my top four is they all own it off the field and in practice.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I will say about Lattimore is I think he can get there with the dedication and fitness because – we've seen it you know the reason why he dropped in the draft was his hamstring was a giant red flag and he had to have surgery on it but he said look my hamstring is okay because Ohio State we did the surgery and they got me on a proper stretching regimen that I feel confident that it's going to be okay and look it has been since then so I think he has the experience of Knowing what he has to do, fitness-wise, for his hamstring. Let me me be clear: like
0: I'm not calling him lazy. I mean, everyone at this level puts in a a significant Mm -hmm. amount of work. So, I'm I'm not saying that he's lazy or that he has poor habits. I'm just saying when I look at the four guys on this list, they they're not only elite talents. And in fact, I, I wouldn't necessarily say Michael Thomas is an elite talent off the field. I just think he works harder than everyone else, and therefore he's elite because of the work that he puts in. But, you know, and, and I would maybe say the same thing about Breeze too. Yeah, Breeze um, people the people that work hard look at Breeze and they're like, Breeze is ridiculous. Like But he, it, I mean if you no. look at, you know, the body change of like Cam Jordan and, yeah, and Breeze over the years, like if you look at, you know, when they first joined the Saints versus what their bodies look like now, I mean you can just tell they've transformed themselves. I I think Lattimore could could shed a little weight. He looks a little heavy to me.
1: Yeah. To me, the next guy on my list, I had him at two, and I bumped him down to four, but it's re- it was really hard. And that's Alvin Kamara. I had him at four. I, I originally put him at two because I you felt lot more high. Yeah, I do. I felt like, man, if they lose Kamara, the offense changes. I feel like he has brought something to the Saints offense that is just dynamic. And, and look, you know, it, it seems so long ago because of the, the NFC Championship in Minnesota and all that, but, you know, in twenty seventeen, man, he looked amazing in the preseason, but the Saints still had uh, Adrian Peterson and they were still trying to fit that in. And then they were like you know, the third after the third week in Carolina they they looked Kamara scored his first touchdown. They looked amazing. And then they went to Europe. They went to London, and they shipped Peterson out after that. They were like, we have to get Kamara on the field at Adrian. We're sorry, buddy. We we had all these plans for you, but it's just not working out. We're sending you to Arizona because Kamara's got to play, and it cannot be a timeshare. It needs to be a timeshare between him and Ingram, not the three of you guys. Sorry, buddy. Like, it happened that quick with him, and I think we forget about that. And he he's just an uncoverable nightmare. And again, you know, the NFC championship game, Breeze, it was, where's Michael Thomas? Where's Kamara? I mean, they had, they had this, what the drive in the second, that second half, where it was just Kamara, 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 Kamara. They feed him. Yeah. I mean, it's him, it's him and Thomas. And it's almost, I feel like their offense, it used to be very strong in that As long as Breeze was there, it didn't matter. It was going to be fine. I feel like their offense now is more fragile. And it's sort of like Jenga, where, like, if you pull Thomas or Kamara out, Lord, help us.
0: Yeah, I've got Michael Thomas at four. Um, and, you know, once you get in the top four, I feel like any of these guys to be number one. But i got Thomas at four for now. I mean, you know it's funny. We talk about uh, Gronkowski and what he's done to extend Brady's career. And, yeah, I think you, you were the one that said, you take away Gronk from Brady and Brady he's turns Joe, Fla- Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's statistically – that's an that's accurate statement. So – you know in the games where Gronk hasn't been there, Brady's been putting up Flacco type numbers, which that sounds like an insult, but Flacco is like kind of a pretty solid middle of the road quarterback in the NFL. Like he's still a quality starter. He's just he's not Tom Brady without Gronk. And so I kind of feel like when you look at Breeze and you look at his efficiency and you look at how eighty percent of his plus of his targets to Thomas are resulting in positive plays. Um, I mean, I think you take Michael Thomas has allowed your Brees to stay Drew Brees. I think you take away. And Drew Brees, and it turns Drew Brees into Joe Flacco. So <laughs> I think it, I think it's a similar situation. So now, yeah, that would, in some ways, be an argument to put him number one. Um, but I think it, you know the one thing I would say I'm looking for from Michael Thomas. I mean, I think you know his usage um, has kind of forced a lot of underneath stuff, and you know his, his average yards per catch. I mean, the volume was just so high that at 11.2, that was the the, the shortest amount of you know just average yards per catch that he's had in his career. Um, So, you know, he's not really a big play type of guy, um, but I would like to see more out of him this year, and I would like to see double-digit touchdowns.
1: Yeah, touchdowns are a weird thing, and and they say this in fantasy too. They're like, just because a guy has a huge touchdown, your touchdowns are the one thing that fluctuates between running backs and wide receivers that you can never predict. So I think – I don't think it's – like, just because he hasn't done it yet, I don't think it's out of the question that he could have a random 15 – Sixteen touchdown year, uh, my three was Lattimore, and here's the reason I put. I just think we had a podcast where we were discussing things, and and Dave made this point about the secondary, and I it, I just took it to heart. If man, you look at the Saints defense before Lattimore arrived. And it was trash pile. And he transformed it immediately. And it was, the, you know, it was the running joke during 2017. You know, in the summer, people were saying how amazing all these rookies were going to be. And I was like, man, these draft picks, you got to wait on them, especially corner. Like, Lattimore's going to be good, but he's going to be bumpy his first year. It's a, rookie corners, you can't just plug them in and be Pro Bowl level. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Lattimore was like, I'm here and I am fucking shutting people down. Day one, and he's been that way. And I just think, man, if you pulled him out of that Saints defense, <laughs> I know it's better, and they have better talent than they had, you know, than they had going into 2017. They've they've really done a nice job, but man, Andrew, he is he's vital, and they need him. If he can can get to where you talked about him because he was high previously on our list, you talked about it a little, but if he can get in shape and become dominant and and get into that. Daryl Rivas type tier right. of unbelievable corner. Right, the, Saints, right. the Saints defense can be magical if if Latimore can get, can become an All Pro super corner and Davenport can get to an eight to ten sack guy. The Saints defense can be magical and they could drag Drew Brees even if he has some sort of wild horrible decline. They could drag him to a title. I'm I believe that firmly.
0: Yeah, that's like the Broncos to, did with Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. That's why I've, that's why uh, I put Lattimore three. I, I,
1: I think Lattimore
0: is sterile Revis often, you know. So, I, I, again, it's for me, it's a consistency thing. I look at the top four guys on my list, yeah. and I don't I don't think they deviate too much. You know what you get from them, and it's always elite play. I think Marshawn Latimer is mostly elite, and uh, occasionally he's not. And, and so um, that's why I had him number five on this list. But I hear you. My, my number three is Drew Brees. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the first time – since I've been doing this list, which, you know, I started my blog in 2008. Every year, Drew Brees has always been number one when I did this, but uh, this is the first year he's not. Um, And and I just think, you know, he's not a 5,000-yard passer anymore. And, you know, I think it's hard. Like It's like you said, you know, I think if Drew Brees was – if you gave him a different name and he was a new quarterback for, let's say, even a different team that hadn't experienced what we experienced, right, and Mm -hmm. he was putting up the numbers that Brees was putting up, I think anyone would say, What are you talking about? This he's number one. You know, clearly he's amazing. So I think we're we're all seeing the decline. I think we're all seeing that he's maybe not the player he used to be. Um, but I, I think you gotta give Sean Payton and him a lot of credit because I think they've become aware of what Brees can and can't do. And I think he's been able to age really well because his efficiency has gone up as his as his physical decline has presented itself. So Uh, He's still statistically, in terms of efficiency, passer rating, all that stuff, he's still producing at a really high level, and that speaks to his IQ and his understanding of what he can and can't do. Um, So I was tempted to put him number one, um, but ultimately uh, I put him at number three because, and it's kind of, again, it goes back to what you said, I, I think the Saints are more set up than they've ever been to have a change. If They're forced into a change at quarterback uh, that doesn't spell necessarily the end of the season. Jordan.
1: And here's the thing, you know, here's the thing with uh, here's the Saints quarterback. Look, if they don't have Drew Brees for the inside, if they lost him for this year, I think they would be out of Super Bowl contention, right? I, I I still believe that with Brees. But the thing is now, like say Brees hurt his knee or whatever, and they're like, hey, Drew, you, we need you to – you're going to miss October or you're going to miss this month where we have this – you know, you're gonna miss three weeks, and you're gonna to have to buy, and then you're gonna come back. You know, and the Saints go into there, and they're six and one or what, or, or six and two going into that, and they have to play Bridgewater for a month. They could still be okay and go three and one or two and two and be okay and still have chance to be home field, still get in the playoffs and all that. Whereas before, they were totally screwed, and I think that bumps him down a little bit. Uh, number two on my list, I had Michael Thomas. Uh, And I just think, man, he has become so good and so unstoppable. In the Philadelphia playoff game, he was amazing. Against the Rams, he was amazing. And it got to a point where teams knew he was going to get the ball, and it just didn't fucking matter. Like the Saints with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they know how to scheme him and get him the ball. And I just feel like he's so valuable in their passing game, I don't know. I think they, they, Sean Payton, could figure it out and it could be okay. But you know, when, when twenty seventeen, like we were bitching and complaining about third down because they went from number one to number eighteen, and it felt like it was a fucking disaster on third down when it was just really slightly below average. I think there's a potential that if Michael Thomas got hurt, that's what their passing game would be. It would fall from like top three. To like fourteen, fifteen, and it would feel so
0: fucking terrible, um, yeah. and that's why I put him too. Uh, I have Alvin Kamara number two, and you know, let me say something. I, I don't know that Michael Thomas and where he is on the field has a tremendous impact. I mean, everything affects everything some degree, but I don't think it has a tremendous impact on Alvin Kamara and what he sees from a defense. I think if you flip it. It's way more significant. Alvin Kamara, where he is on the field, what he's capable of, it affects everyone on the offense, all the playmakers. And how a defense plays him and tries to cover him uh, opens up things for everyone else. So I I really think the offense goes through Alvin Kamara first. I think when you add the fact that Mark Ingram is gone and they're going to be relying on him even more than ever, yeah. Um, you look at his abilities as a runner, as a pass catcher. I, I would say that, you know, throwing a Kamara is almost even safer than throwing a Michael Thomas because A, he's either out of the backfield and it's a short, easy throw. And you know that he can make it happen after the play because he breaks tackle so well. He's got great balance. He's got great speed. So you can throw a one yard pass to him and you know that he can still make something happen or he's lined up as a receiver and it's against a safety or a linebacker and he leaves them in the dust and it's just, it's so safe throwing to Alvin Kamara, he, and I think that's that's. I, I would he, say that Alvin Kamara, from a passing standpoint, has maybe been even more supportive to Breeze aging gracefully than Thomas potentially.
1: Yeah, and here I I
0: struggle with Kamara,
1: Kamara and Thomas, Kamara and Thomas. I went back and forth, but here's the thing that I want to talk talk to you about, and you can answer before we get to number one. And this is a potentially flaming hot take: with Ingram gone. And Kamara is going to get more touches. I can see a scenario, Andrew, where when we do this again next June, Kamara is number one because he just had a fucking monster season where he's always been great, right? And the Saints have always done – he's sort of the focus of the offense, and you just explained it. But the numbers have not – the numbers have been cool and great, but they've never been like overwhelmingly amazing besides like his yards per cuts his rookie year, right? And his yards for rust, that was amazing. But the overall stats, like he didn't have a thousand yards and he didn't have a thousand yards. I think this year, Andrew, he could have that monster year where he puts up huge stats and becomes like a fantasy god for maybe just one year. And next year, he's number one on this
0: list. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I think any of these guys could be, but I just think. Camara is the one guy. I mean, now, you got to be careful about his usage because I still it makes me yeah. nervous. Like I don't want him to be late beyond Bell or Ezekiel Elliott, where you're shortening his career with the number yeah. of hits he's taking. I, I like the number of snaps he gets right now, and you know because he gets so many catches, a lot of times he can run out of bounds, and you know, that, you know he can make he can make plays without taking huge hits sometimes. So um, I, I don't want to see his volume go up too much if I'm being honest, uh, because I want him to have a long career with the Saints, but um man it's just anytime he's on the field you have to account for him and i just i'm that, that's what makes me excited about a 32-year-old 32-year-old tight end like Jared Cook it's not that he's necessarily amazing in his own right but when you have Kamara and Thomas and the attention that they seek and and that they force defenses to have on you the the opportunities that creates for a pretty skilled guy like Jared Cook is significant
1: yeah So here's the number one, and and to me, if you think about it, it seems maybe obvious or whatever, but man, for this guy to ascend to the number one most valuable rankings on the Saints roster from where they drafted him in 2011 is kind of crazy, and it's Cam Jordan's the most valuable. And Andrew, he's just been a guy where it's just been slow study 10-15% better every year, every year, every year, every year. And he really broke out in 2017 to become sort of this all-world people where the rest of the league noticed how great he was Um, because before 2017 it was always, ah, yeah, Cam Jordan, he's a nice all-around player and he'll get you 9-10 to sacks. But in 2017 he added the batted passes and things like that. And I just look at the Saints defense, man. He's the, the heartbeat, the focal point of it. And as far as value, if he was gone, it would be bad. And of course, the Saints just signed into the the, the extension, so he's probably going to finish his career as a Saint, which is awesome. Um, but it's Cam Jordan. He, for him to be number one in this roster, a few years ago it would have seemed insane, but now it's like, yeah, that makes
0: sense. I, I just think it's funny that you know what you get from him. You know, it's like it doesn't matter if it's the worst I mean, defense in NFL history, or if, or if like last year, it's a very, it's a top five type defense. Like, you know that Cam Jordan, on his side, at his position, is going to be a double-digit sack guy. You know he's going to play 16 games. You know he's going to be elite against the run. He does that. And, you know, obviously the contract is well-deserved, and so I think the timing of saying that, hey, he's the number one guy on the roster, I, I think this is his team now. You know, and uh, Breeze is still obviously very vocal, very respected, and so um, – but, but I-, I just think on the field, like Cam Jordan, and this, this is the, – the torch is being passed to him. And I really yeah. feel like on the heels of this contract and the year you just had, again, uh, this, this is starting to feel like Cam Jordan's team. And here, here's the thing. When I look at this top five list and all five of these guys we agreed with, we just changed the order, uh, but we both had Cam at number one. I, I think you go up and down this list. In Lattimore, we talked about maybe a little bit of consistency issues. Michael Thomas, the one hole in his game would be, I would say, you know, he's not a vertical guy, really. Can't really get deep on you. Uh, Breeze, we've talked about the arm decline a little bit. He's not a guy that can push the ball down the field as much as he used to. And you know, Kamara, I would say, is a pretty all-around player. But, you know, you, I would say if there's one thing, you know, I question is just on third and inches. You see, I, I actually think he's a pretty good short yardage stack, but he's maybe not a ground and pound type. If
1: you're you know, talking
0: about Cam Jordan, I, I cannot say a single – I cannot point to a single hole in his game. Like regardless of the play call, it's fast. It's third and eighteen. It's first and ten. It's first and twenty. It's second and one. I don't care what the down and distance is. I don't care what his responsibility is. There's nothing where you can say, yeah, he's got a kind of got a little hole in his game here, but otherwise he's he is be everywhere.
1: And here's the thing that you you brought up him, uh, and one of the. Re- Two ball, well, two points. First of all, when they signed him to the original extension, one of my things is like why I loved it is like what one it's a great, it's a good value contract for the Saints. But I was like, second of all, being available, fans don't think of that as a skill, but in football, it is a skill. Like in Cam June has only missed one game, and yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a little bit of luck, but it's also uh, taking care of your body and all that. But and so I thought that was a great contract. It's also like, hey,
0: it's also figuring out how to keep your level when you're not playing at 100. percent
1: yeah, and that too, and he does that, and he, and he and believe me, he's had some things where they're like, oh, he's got a badness thing, and he just powers through it, but but you made a point about how he trans transformed his body and became a more flexible player, because even his first three, four years when he, you know, his first year he didn't do much, and then he, he started to progress and get six and nine times, his first couple of years, even when he turned good, he was a different kind of player. He has a bend to his body now that he did not have when he was younger. And that yeah. is I mean, look I'm not I'm not a physical person, but that, that is that is him doing stretching and saying, I want to have that and he created it and that's sort of a thing that I don't think I think fans think forget about it and under underrated, it. it's talk about in the draft, where, oh this guy has bend and this guy has this and that. Cam Jordan didn't have that, and he just was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make myself have it." And he reshapes his body to do it, which is kind of amazing and underrated about him.
0: Yeah, no, he's he is a physical specimen, and he's had to work at that. You know, it's one of those things where that didn't necessarily come naturally. You look at a guy like maybe Javon Curse, and he's, some guys, you know, he, Javon Curse. Everyone always talked about how he was a freak, and maybe he was built that way. Well. Cam Jordan was not, and he built himself into Javon Kirst, which is crazy. But, you know, he, he's he's better than Javon Kirst, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so, I, again, I'm just going kind to of go back to at this point, he, he's the most valuable player on the roster. He's the guy they need the most. He's the best player on the team. Um, number one for us is Cam Jordan.
1: Yeah, and then one thing I want for him is obviously you want the things to win the Super Bowl because they got screwed last year and, and want this group of guys to win, as Dave says on the podcast a lot. But the one thing I individually like for Cam Jordan is, look, I know he's been steady and he's been awesome and he's always been a, the note, the 9 to 12, 12 and a half, 13 sack guy. I would love for him to get more opportunities in his defense become really good, and him bump up into that 16, 17, 18 sack range, Andrew, just, for just one year, just so he can get more recognition and he can be in the conversation for defensive MVP and just have that one great year. You know, Pat Swilling did it a long time ago for the Saints where he was always like a double-digit sack guy, but the one year he had like 18 and he got right. the defensive MVP. I would, I would love that for Cam Jordan this year, um, just, you know, to have – his career, you know, we always say, "Well, that's a career year for Cam." But it, in twenty seventeen, 2017, but it really kind of wasn't. So maybe twenty nineteen can be his year. Where you look, we it need hard. that.
0: We need that Adrian Claiborne game for him, where like a, <laughs> a couple tackles go down, and it's a third string UDSA play. guard. It's a third string UDSA guard that has to play right tackle. You know, in a pinch, <laughs> and he's just lined up against Cam Jordan, and, and you know the Saints are up thirty late in the game, and he it's gets just been, a
1: turn, it's He just gets a like a binge, aisle, yeah. yeah. He gets yeah. like a
0: sack, five sack binge game, and yeah. so you know his twelve sack season becomes seventeen yeah, yes, that's, that's, exactly, that's, that's what we need. <laughs> that's exactly what we need.
1: That is a great way to end this podcast. But everybody. This episode is free because it's key, but if you want to listen to us every day, it's only $7 a month, and believe me, when July gets here and the Pelicans are done with free agency and you're totally locked into the Saints, you're going to want it. It's $7 a month, and you get a koozie and a magnet if you sign up today on Patreon. We'll get it shipped to you. Thanks, guys, and we will see you tomorrow.